We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews alongside Mark Cox, and uh, we have a, a very interesting show uh, this weekend. we got the Big Bass Bash Tournament coming up October 1st and 2nd. We're going to talk to the founder of that uh, that big tournament where you could win a lot of money just for fishing, and uh, we are also going to talk to, from Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, BFRO.net, money, Matt Moneymaker, um, and immediately when I saw this was on our show sheet, thank you, Carl, uh, I thought of uh, tattoos. People put tattoos on their body for a very important reason. Something happened in their life. Somebody said something. Never put a girl's name on your body, although oh. some do. Oh. Um, but yeah. a friend of mine, Dave Glover, actually has a tattoo of Bigfoot to commemorate an encounter. Welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Dave Glover, how are you, brother? Hello, boys. How are you? What's going on, Dave? How you been, my friend? I've been great, man. How are my two favorite broadcasters? <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. So, so Bo brought this up, and for some reason, I didn't know that this fact about Dave Glover. Is that because this thing is where the sun doesn't shine, or is it somewhere where somebody might actually see Ooh. it? Ooh. Yes, let's just say that where I have it tattooed, Bigfoot has one real big brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> Could change his nickname now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's funny. So, Dave, uh, what, what's the story there? What what You had an encounter, is that correct? Yeah, so I have been into Bigfoot, like, you know, my whole life. We're all about the same age, and Leonard Nimoy, and Search of and stuff. But the last Heck few yeah. years, I've gotten really into it, listening to different podcasts, and have pretty much become convinced that, I don't know what it is, but I think there's something out there that not everyone is lying or hoaxing. So my good pal, uh, Scott and I, uh, Scott and I started uh, uh, Foxpaw a few years back, phone fixing company. Loved He's it. done very, very well in life, very successful, very devout Christian, very sober, very skeptic. And we went out to his place in Colorado riding motorcycles. And so part of the fun for him, it was like a, a bad Chevy Chase movie from the 80s, is we'd be riding our motorcycles and he would point up into the mountains like there's Bigfoot and I would look and he would laugh. And <laughs> this went on for about three days and just like a bad script, we were on top of Vail uh, at the resort. We took Gondola 2 up. I can tell you exactly where it was. It's called Bell Ringers something. Uh, there's like a, a little visitor center and there's a little roller coaster and we were up there taking pictures 
And if you picture it on one side of the mountain, uh, that's the mountain where people ski. On the other side, it's just the mountain. And we're looking off on that side, the desolate side. And uh, Scott takes a picture of me, and then he looks down the mountain, and he says, what's that? And I literally start to say, okay, dude. (laughs) The joke's (laughs) over. It's no longer funny. And he looks really serious. And I don't see anything for about 10 seconds. And then I finally see it. It's about 150 yards away, and I'm just gauging that based on playing golf. Every hole has a 150-yard marker, and you kind of know. And anyone who plays golf knows that if you're at the 150 and you're looking at the, the green and there are people, there are golfers on it, you can tell if it's a man or a woman or if they're big or tall or little sure. or if they're wearing shorts or slacks. So you can see pretty well. And what we see is this uh, unnaturally tall person. This can call it a person. Uh, it wasn't a bear. It was, you know, Bo, you're tall. Skip Weber is six foot nine. I, I know tall people. And this person was every bit as tall as Skip, probably taller, and uh, very thin. You know, not, not a behemoth like on the, the Patterson film. And if I didn't know so much about Bigfoot, um, I wouldn't have ever thought it. But I know from my research and listening to all these podcasts that when people see it, a lot of times it acts very agitated and very strange and it sways back and forth and uh, does all these weird things. And that's what this person was doing. They were moving their arms back and forth in this very weird way, like they had an imaginary towel toweling off the front of their legs was walking in circles one way, then walking in circles another way, looking really, like, Whoa. agitated and confused. <clears throat> and it was black, jet black from head to toe, no brakes, um, you know, head, hands, feet, the whole thing. And after probably 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, it just walked back into the woods. Um, I, I, we went back there, you know, the last couple of years, you know, when we went. And there are people who, uh, <clears throat> who ride uh, mountain bikes. So it's possible that this was a seven, seven and a half foot tall person it's possible, <laughs> who is riding mountain bikes and was geared up in all black. It's possible. But it didn't look like that. And the person, the thing didn't act like that. And it walked into the woods and there was no bike <clears throat> anywhere, you know. So that's about all we could come up with. And like I said, my friend Scott is as sober and skeptical as you get and loves to make fun of me about it. And he was shaken. And like we went to after that and he just kept saying, dude, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's not as exciting as some encounters where people like walk up and go chest to chest with this thing. But I haven't been able to explain it. Uh, I've told the story several times and other than like a mountain biker who I said, and it's possible it's, it's it's more likely that it's a seven and a half foot tall uh, mountain biker dressed in black acting really strange than it is that it's some sort of a cryptid. But <laughs> those you know, hippies. Well, you know, <laughs> and I, think, I think, yeah, I think you've kind of explained it because you, you had a, um, a background in at least reading about it and studying it. It sounds like maybe your friend would, would have been more of a, a cynic and less likely he wasn't quite sure what it was dave was it was it harry is that a, a fair question was it yeah it's a fair question i didn't see it didn't a lot of people when they see these things describe it looking like it's wearing a ghillie suit right you know like sort of like dreads like predator and it didn't look like that um but it also didn't look like it was wearing skin tight velcro clothing okay um 
it honestly sort of looked like if you took a seven foot tall guy and put him in a Bigfoot costume, uh, but they were very thin. They weren't a big giant person and said, stand down there and walk around real funny for a minute and then walk into the woods. That's what it looked like. You know, it didn't look like a gorilla suit or anything, but it just, and, and, and you guys know how just as humans who've evolved, when you see something, sometimes your brain just kind of goes, that's not right. <laughs> you know, maybe you see a crime happen or a car accident and your brain just, you know, it, your brain is a way of differenti- differentiating between weird and really, really weird. And both of our brains went into the really, really weird category. And I've heard people say this on Bigfoot encounters all the time. Why didn't he take a picture? I was literally holding my phone. I had just taken a picture 10 seconds before, and it never oh, occurred no. to me. It never <laughs> you were that stunned. Taking a picture or shooting a video. Because uh, you're not a millennial. That's the problem. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> yeah, what's really so. cool is that your your buddy was with you that, that you know, confirmed this, corroborate, corroborate the story. Um, so you got the tattoo. I can't I, I can't even imagine what the uh, the conversation was with your artist. But did your buddy also get a tattoo to commemorate that? No, no, it didn't. Um, it shook him. And he's definitely more open-minded about things like that now. And pretty much we see each other all the time. We still go motorcycle riding. I'm heading out. I'm heading back out there in a couple of weeks. Um, but no, he didn't get any tattoos. But every time we see each other, he, he kind of brings it up like, okay, for real, what do you think? And, you know, we have the conversation. It's a, just a shared weird experience. That is amazing. Well, Glove, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Is this a debut appearance for you on the show? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We've hey. tried to get on for years. I, I was blocked for some reason. You want you want to slide an advertiser in here on this uh, deal? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's good. I I do enough lives. He, he needs <laughs> some to extra fit, capacity here. Trying yeah, to fit him good. in. <laughs> that's awesome. Dave, thank you so much, and thanks for bringing uh, what you do to uh, St. Louis Radio every day on 97.1 and on KMOX. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. Thank you, fellas. All right, Dave. All right. Yeah, we appreciate it. That's exciting. Well, uh, that's very cool. I, I, as soon as I said, uh, as soon as I saw Carl had posted the Bigfoot interview, which we're going to do here in just a moment, um, I, I thought of Dave because, I mean, who gets a, a tattoo of Bigfoot on their arm? By the way, it's on his forearm, <laughs> so don't give me no I, weird crap but like I you just, just I've never noticed it. Maybe, I don't know why I wouldn't have noticed a big Bigfoot tattoo on Dave's arm. It's now, really I, not that big. You know, I mean... He and I have worked opposite shifts for a long time. My midday show used to be right before his show on 97.1. Uh, but maybe he had long sleeve shirts on or something. I just I just didn't notice it. Well, it's obviously in the last couple of years. But, no, I, I, I knew his story was legit. And I didn't know the other part about his buddy who is uh, uh, the business owner guy. But, anyway, uh, so that's this This is the Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. A lot of outdoors this, uh, been, this show. Been outdoors. So have you seen anything like that, Bo, in your, in your long uh, – history on this earth no but like you i was intrigued as a kid because i would see on tv the cast of the footprints you know they would you know do the the cast and so it intrigued me i saw a ufo and i i saw something that i remain convinced to this day i was 10 or 11 years old was not of this earth and then all of a sudden a couple years you know in the last year we've got these these uh top secret you know, records released by the Air Force with pilots yep. talking about their experiences with these things that that defy gravity, that that move faster than than anything man could make that could 
pull that many G's and all of this. And I, I woke up one morning, uh, probably two or three o'clock in the morning. We lived up on a hill overlooking a town. And I looked out over uh, this this city. And I see this light that could very well have been a helicopter or something. And then all of a sudden it 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 zipped from left to right much more rapidly than this was bear in mind would have been in the 1970s. Uh, it, 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 it moves from left to right rapidly, moves back from right to left rapidly, and then just shoots straight off into the sky out of sight. Now, I, I, I to this day can't think of any kind of technology, even if there were drones back then, that would have been able to move that fast. And, and well, it, it's probably what sparked my interest in things like UFOs. I read a lot of books and stuff on it after that. So, well, I bet you know, and, and yeah. something like that will get you focused on that. Uh, but if you think about an airplane going 700 miles an hour, uh, you know, and it just barely is creeping across the sky. So, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> if you've uh, if you've seen the International Space Station in the in the night sky, that's pretty phenomenal that you can see that that it's you know that it's bright you know it's like bright uh, bright moving star. But anyway, yeah, cool stuff. Well, yeah, and our, our our next guest, according to some of the reports. There have been some a number of these sightings right here in Missouri. Maybe some not too far from a Bose compound down there. We're gonna we're gonna find Easy. out. Uh, Mad <laughs> moneymakers coming up from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, BFRO.net. We're gonna ask him all about it on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Indian legends tell about a big hairy man that roamed for many years throughout their land. White men laughed and said these legends weren't true. But now old Bigfoot has made man a fool. Oh, yeah. It is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, a song that Carl Middleman picked out that I've never heard in my life. Actually. <laughs> That's great. I thought it was an old-timey country song that you would know. It's by Don well, Don Jones. Never heard of him. Okay. I only go back so far, so, you know. This could be, like, really, really old. This could have been a 78. 
Actually, it was funny because uh, yesterday I got a text from uh, uh, Ryan Recker, who fills in for you occasionally. Sure. Said, I just got done listening to a whole bunch of uh, Jerry Reed music. Is that classic country? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah bit. Definitely, <laughs> definitely is. Yeah. Smoking I'd say. Band, right? Yeah. Well, uh, for. Uh, yeah, a lot of Amos Moses. Yeah. You ever heard of Amos Moses? Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. dial that up on your YouTube uh, nope. video maker. Uh, <laughs> It is Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Our next guest, uh, really excited about this. Matt Moneymaker is from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. They have a great website that I've been on since I I received the link, uh, bfro.net, founded in 1995. And it's the only scientific research organization exploring the Bigfoot Sasquatch mystery. Welcome to our show, sir. How are you? Very good. Uh, so, uh, I, I noticed that in August there was a sighting of note on your website. You want to, is you want to talk about that? Which one? There's a <laughs> the lot one, of sightings. Well, uh, okay. Well, is there that many? I mean, uh, the, the one in August, uh, was, is it near a school? Is that what it was? Oh, you're talking about up in Michigan. In Michigan. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Just so you understand. Yes. There's sightings in different parts of the country all the time. And that comes as a shock to many people because they think, well, how could Bigfoot be in so many different places because they've bought into the often repeated misconception that there's only one of them, this thing called Bigfoot, as opposed to a population of animals. They're very rare, but there's certainly more than one. Wow. So up, up at, it's Houghton. Sometimes I forget how to pronounce it. It's Houghton or Houghton Lake uh, in the central part of lower Michigan. Uh, A lady was driving down the road and this is the most common type of sighting is uh, what we call a motorist sighting or a road crossing sighting. Uh, this was one was unusual because it was in daylight, uh, about 11 o'clock. And these are, you know, roads up there in that part of Michigan. You know, you're usually you don't even see any other cars driving down the road. These, these are very right. lonely, you know, out in the country. And uh, she drove up and saw a pretty tall, strikingly tall, dark furred creature standing on the side of the road looking toward the trees and it just took a couple of steps, and, and it was in the trees. Uh, and uh, she was kind enough to go back later and stand in the position where it was standing and looking into the woods, and we were able to cre- recreate, like, how far she would have been. And, yes, under those conditions, at that distance, um, and she was uh, absolutely certain, uh, up and down, and this is a woman in her 60s, that it was not a bear or a deer or anything else. And she was certain it wasn't a person or even somebody in a costume because it was too big. It was there just too tall and broad. Um, and that's a, again, that's a very common thing. That's, that's usually how most people see them. They're driving down the road and they see one cross. But that shouldn't be surprising. That's how people usually see bears. Right. <laughs> as they're driving down the road and they see a bear from their car. But, but, but uh, yeah, so that, let me ask this. The, let me sure. ask this, Matt. Mark Cox here, and and you know, I've been I, I, since I was a kid. I've been fascinated by this. I, I really. Oh, have. me too. And and yep. then then I'll come across the critics. You know, I, I listened to maybe I've heard you before on George Norrie. I listened to George Norrie's broadcast on the way in in the mornings on this radio station. Um, th- th- then there's the people say, well, if if this is true, if it's real. How come we've never found a body or how come one's never been hit by a car and we've got we've got, you know, some bones to prove it? And it, it, it seems their argument is it seems unlikely that we would never have had physical evidence if it's real. And that is, I guess, a natural assumption that people would have because they're comparing that to species that are much more numerous. 
like deer, like other animals, even bear and mountain lions probably outnumber these things a thousand to one. They are that rare, and they're much more intelligent than other animals. Their intelligence level is in the realm of humans. So here you have something that's very rare, very intelligent, usually operating after dark. They're not going to get hit by cars very often. They're just too smart for that. And, and as you know, I mean, if you've been around and been out of the country, a lot of times you can hit an animal with a car and it's not going to die. It'll you know, bounce off and run away. And people have described that. Hunters have also described shooting at them or, or missing them or hitting them, uh, you know, and hearing them scream and run away. So to get like to end up with an accident, ending up with a body is not going to be very rare in terms of a body just being found. It would it would have to occur. It, it would just be such special circumstances that you'd find it because you'd have to find one freshly dead before it decomposes and scavengers pull the body, you know, the bones apart, etc. Because if, I mean, if you were to go walking out in the woods, like you're not going to find skeletons of animals out yeah, there. Yeah, you don't. They're find not just skeletons laying around mm-hmm. of common animals. Oh. They get pulled apart, and you could step right over the bones of a deer or a bear or a Bigfoot once they're scattered out, and you wouldn't even know what you're looking at. You'd have right. to see a, like a fully intact skull, because if you saw a Bigfoot leg bone and you're walking in the woods, would you look at it and go, oh, that's a Bigfoot leg bone? You wouldn't know the difference <laughs> between that and a de- and like an elk or a cow. So right. people have kind of a cartoonish understanding of what happens to dead animals in the woods as if their bodies are just laying there with nice bleached white bones laying on the surface. That's not reality. Yeah, still connected. Matt Moneymakers, our guest from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, that's BFRO.net. When it comes to the technology of uh, cameras nowadays, Matt, uh, you know, we have learned, uh, Oceanica learn, has learned um, uh, whales that, you know, used to be thought of as, you know, solo solo fish that uh, with drone technology and airplanes and helicopters, they've found that a lot of these species actually are in schools uh, in the ocean. And so I guess my, my and, and this is not a conversation to debunk because I want to hear your interaction with Bigfoot too, but with all the game cams of the, of the world, and I've got them all over my property as well for security and to see what wildlife's out there. How come there's not more clear video or pictures? Well, it's funny because sometimes people frame that question is, how come there's none? And there is some. And, and, and so you're saying, how come there's not more? <laughs> well, yeah, okay, well, there's, there's probably more than you think. I could send you okay. some from my phone right away. What I think people are expecting is this, like, cover of Time magazine, clear, like, 10 feet away, right <laughs> totally. in front of the camera, fully you know, <laughs> illuminated in daylight. And that's you know, okay, so here, let me ask you just about the way you place it. And, and I'll, start, I'll start by saying 95% of the trail cameras that have ever been sold and haven't been, like, thrown away because they don't work, if they're out there, they're in garages and in, in, in closets sitting on the shelf, and they're only taken out, if at all, right before deer season. They're put up, like, 10 days before, and that's all they're ever used for. And then there's guys like you, I've known plenty of them, who have several of them out on their own property. Let me ask you, do you have batteries? you have those running all year round? I do. I do. They're on solar panels uh, that, okay. that recharge the battery. So, I, But that's a security thing, you know, uh, ah. so that that's kind of why I have it out there. And again, I don't expect to see Bigfoot on my cameras necessarily, but I know that they're everywhere. And uh, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, Google Maps has not caught one on. I rarely run across one in the wild, a trail cam. But when you mount them, how do you do that? You just put them up, let me guess, head height right on the tree trunk, just like so you can walk up and deal with it, right? 
Yeah, I, I was I was advised to do it about three feet off the ground, and I've got it right on my gate to my property, which is interesting because I was like, somebody's going to steal this thing. Nobody ever sees it, and it's right there in plain sight. But anyway, not to contend with you there, I would like to hear your interaction with Bigfoot, though, uh, if you have a story. Yes. I Well, I have several of them, but, I mean, the, the face-to-face one that, can, that, I mean, I had seen tracks and heard sound recordings. I mean, excuse me, I mean, seen tracks, heard their sounds in the wild, talked to many witnesses. I had obtained sound recordings before I finally had a face-to-face encounter. So even with all of that uh, indicating that they were real, there's still like a cloud of doubt that will follow you. And I think it's natural until you actually see one with your own eyes. You'll find a million ways to kind of talk yourself out of all the, you know, all the other evidence combined because it's just it doesn't hit you. So finally, I had that experience. It took about eight years of like intermittently, you know, pursuing them, but finally had that encounter. And it was in Eastern Ohio. It was in a wildlife refuge in the middle of the night. And it took a long time uh, and collecting in from sightings and, and knocking on doors and narrowing it down to figure out that, yes, yeah, some were probably in this wildlife refuge. So I went in there with a, a guy, a local guy who had seen one. We were there in the middle of the night. And it's kind of a, a long story, but eventually one came up. With it, they realized that we were there. I think it's because they saw the little lights on the walkie-talkie and the night vision. But one walked up in back of me and walked out of the tree line uh, and started. It was just standing there growling at me. And I had heard uh, about inca- sightings like that, I mean, encounters like that in Ohio, in that same part of Ohio. And so I kind of knew how they would go, which is, it wasn't going to jump on me and attack me and start eating me. It was just going to try to scare me out of the area. And I yeah. knew that that's what it was doing. And I just played along. And I just, I was talking toward it like you would talk toward a growling dog saying, okay, boys, okay. You know, but I was saying, okay, we're leaving. We're leaving. Look, I'm picking up my stuff and we're walking away. And so once I finally got out of there, because it was just in this, to walk out, you had to walk through basically a brush tunnel that was just pitch black. So I couldn't even tell if the thing was like walking right back. To us. But once it got out, I was just elated because I, it, it showed that I had not been wasting my time. And that was, I think, probably the big, you know, I, not only was I not wasting my time, but then I knew from that point forward that any time I heard, you know, would hear a skeptic or scientist, here's why I have doubts. It, 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 like, it didn't matter. All those reasons why the, the assumptions that they would have about what would happen are explainable one way or another. But the fact is that they're real. Okay. So it, there's obviously some explanation for whatever assumptions about what would happen don't happen. But the animals are out there. And then everything else just made sense. Why people are saying very credible people see them all these different places including not far away. And it was funny, you asked about the Michigan side. There was a more recent one, probably I think about 45 miles to the northeast of St. Louis on Shoal Creek, uh, not long ago. It wasn't a visual, but it was um, uh, auditory. And it turns out that Shoal Creek has one of those things that Sasquatches are, that there's a connection between freshwater clams and mussels, where there's a lot of those people will see them going into the creeks uh, to go after them. Well, Shoal Creek is the like the bounty uh, has more of that than probably any other uh, drainage in Missouri. And uh, and and sure enough, there was a, one of the locals there. He would go up to visit his grandparents property. And over the course of a few years, he actually did have a, a visual sighting in daylight a few years ago. But very recently, he heard knocks, really loud wood knocks down near the creek. 
And this is like the back 40 of some, you know, farmer's property right. where nobody goes. Uh, but, yeah, so stuff happens near St. Louis, too. It's so, not just in the Northwest. So, so Matt, I, I have to ask, have there been any sightings near High Ridge? Because Bo Matthews is known to walk shirtless around his property sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, we can debunk that one, and he has a very large feet. <laughs> well, you know, th- Things like that could happen, but it, the report hasn't come our way yet. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. Matt Moneymaker. I've got game cam footage. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Matt Moneymaker, I guess, from the Big Field, uh, Bigfoot uh, Field Researchers Organization. That's BFRO.net, founded back in 1995, if you want to get on there and find out uh, some more information about it. Uh, fascinating stuff. I, I, you know, I know there are a lot of people around the country, including our own Dave Glover, who has yes. had a Bigfoot experience. We're going to... Uh, uh, we we talked to him about that just earlier in the show, so that that's good stuff. Matt, thank you. Very good. Yeah, we'll talk. Keep to up you. the good work. Yeah, talk to you. Talk to you again there. I Bo, Alrighty. be careful down there. Oh, I will. <laughs> All right. See you, Matt. Thank you. And, Take care. And I walk carefully through my woods. I, you know, it, it, it's just one of those <laughs> things. I mean, you know, if they're finding dinosaur bones in Montana, we've talked to the, uh, the, that guy, uh, that crew um, uh, that went out there from Missouri. Um, I, I would love to see. Uh, Bigfoot bones. I, 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 I think everybody, I think it would just uh, squash the rumor once and for all. And I didn't want to come off offending by asking about the camera technology, but that is a real thing. And they are, they are out there. I've got a bunch yeah, out yeah, there. It, it seems like the odds would be somebody would have come up with one of those really, it would almost look like a meme where he's just looking into the camera because he sees it go off. Maybe they just exactly. steal the cameras and crush them after that happens. <laughs> List me still in the Senate category here, but you know Dave Glover is a believer, so I'm just telling. Absolutely, him. there, there you have it. All right, uh, coming All right. up, uh, we're going to talk to Randy Terrell. There is a big old bass bash tournament coming up at the Lake of the Ozarks. So we're going to talk to him more about that straight ahead on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. segment brought to you by second amendment radio and the great outdoors is brought to you by razorback armory featuring mantis x save money on ammo and improve your shooting go into razorback armory on manchester road in De Pere to uh, get a demonstration and buy the mantis x for your shooting expertise it'll it'll change the way you shoot and you can save money while you do it go to razorbackarmory.com for more information and get the address and go over there Yep, and uh, welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Uh, Mark Cox, uh, along with uh, Bo Matthews. Otherwise, uh, uh, we've decided we're going to change the names, Carl, to yeah. a Bigfoot on that side and mm-hmm. Big Fish over here. <laughs> welcome to Second like Amendment it. Radio with Bigfoot yeah. and Big Fish. The Pew Pew <laughs> Show with Bigfoot and Big Fish. If you have, if you are just joining us, uh, maybe for the first time, uh, you. You you may you may not know if you haven't heard me uh, talk about this. When I was a kid, on the CB radio, used to be on the CB radio. I um, had my handle was Big Fish because I loved fishing as a kid, and it was just it's what it's what I enjoyed doing. So my 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 grandfather my grandfather was the kingfish, 
and I referred to myself as the big fish. So Bo Matthews has kind of taken that to heart and loves to tease me about it. But I don't fish as much as I used to. But I'll have to tell you, we, we've had some friends of the family who've been who've become uh, big in the pro fishing world. And Bo, it is something else, I'm telling you. I, I, and I'm, I don't make fun. I just love nicknames <laughs> for people. That's it. Oh, we I just got to come up. I know that. We got to come up with a big something for Carl. The big intern. Nah, it doesn't work. Pew, pew. Big Vader. No. Big Vader, I He's like that. He's the villain. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Big Luke. <laughs> Big Luke. No, no, no we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure something out. That's good. Sounds like gun smoke. <laughs> so, so there is a big bass tournament coming up we want to talk about here on uh, since we talk about the great outdoors all the time. Randy Terrell is uh, joining us this morning uh, because this is uh, coming up the weekend of October 1st and 2nd down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, are, are you competing, or have you just helped organize this? I uh, just helped organize it. I uh, actually started it 16 years ago and brought my son and daughter in, and so they kind of they kind of run it now. And I stand on the sidelines. I still do some work, but it's it's a full time job. Oh, I bet it is. Well, Ken Bartels is the uh, gentleman who's the president of the Concord Lions Club. He's the one that uh, made this connection for us. We appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Are you still looking for uh, uh, people to fish uh, for this tournament coming up? Absolutely. We uh, we guarantee a $325,000 payout, so a lot of what? that depends on the number of ventures we get. So we're not near <laughs> there yet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no kidding. So what does it cost to, like, what's the entry fee for, for somebody who wants well, to fish? $190 covers two days of fishing per person. Very if reasonable. there's two in a boat, it's $190 each. So, and, and Well, that's a good fundraiser. Yeah, no kidding. And how do you determine uh, the winners? Is it total pounds of fish, or is it the biggest fish, or are there a couple different categories? In most professional uh, uh, tournaments, it is a total pounds of fish. In this particular one, it is one big fish. Uh that will win the main prize of $100,000. And there's 45, oh 45 uh, spots uh, every other hour, every two hours, there's 45 spots. So let's say you, uh, let's say you catch a six-pound bass, and, and it's the biggest uh, bass Saturday morning from 7 to 9. You would win $1,500 for that bass down to 45 places, $190, anywhere in between that you fit. Nice. If that if that six pound bass held up for the two days, we would add the one hundred thousand to that. That that's very reasonable. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I I always assumed it costs more than that to enter. Of course, you have to know what you're doing. You have to have the equipment and all that stuff. But wow. And you well, know, if you compare it to uh, what it takes to uh, play golf, I mean, it's really not that much <laughs> exactly. different. You know, uh, and 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 uh, also, uh, Randy Terrell uh, is it Terrell or Terrell? Terrell. Terrell. Randy, um, yeah. do you also put a tagged fish in in the water as well, that if somebody catches that, there's a prize, or is that not in this tournament? That's not us. No, we don't do that. No. Um, I have heard of heard of uh, ones that do it, but we don't. 
And that lake's so big, I don't know how. what are the odds are you'd ever catch it again. Um, yeah, that's so, true. So, Randy, tell us about where on the Lake of the Ozarks. So, I, I was a sport boater for a long time, and parts of that lake are so rough. I'm guessing this is down further down the lake somewhere, Camdenton, or is it just in, in, in effect for the whole lake? It's in effect the whole lake. Uh, there's five weigh-in spots. Uh uh, from PB2, Public Beach Number 2, all the way up to the 60-mile marker at Ivy Bend. So uh, there's five different places people can go out and fish. They catch a fish, they go into one of those places, weigh it, we give them a receipt, and they go back to trying to find a bigger one. Wow. How fun is that? Now, do you get a lot of professional fishermen in this, uh, or just uh, mm-hmm. civilians, or is it a mix of everybody? No, it's mostly for the weekend fishermen. There are some people who fish in it that are that are better better than others that do some competitive fishing, but the big names in the competitive fishing we do we don't allow in. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. wow. A uh, hundred protected. So so the big the person that catches the biggest bass in this tournament mm-hmm. is going to walk away with how much money? Uh, one hundred one thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, that is so fun. We've had over 16 years, we've had, you'd think, uh, you know, somebody around Lake of the Ozarks would probably win it, but very seldom they do. It's somebody from Kentucky, uh, uh, Iowa, uh, Kansas. They, they, we come from, they come from 35 states to Lake of the Ozarks. How I many, bet they do. Yeah, how many fishermen are you likely to see this year? Well, what's the most you've ever had? Most we've ever had is 3,800, uh, 3,800. We expect about 3,400 this year. So Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and so, Randy, let me ask you about your uh, connection with the Concord Village Lions. Um, uh-huh. it, it, uh, Ken was telling me you make a pretty hefty donation every year. I do. We... Uh, we, uh, two charities, we uh, donate about $30,000 a year to the Concord Village Lions. It's, it adds to about 20000 and I also give to St. Jude's and other, you know, uh, Humane Society and other things. Wonderful. So, uh, That's very kind. So, so well, back to- no, I just wanted to ask, what, what motivated you to start this 16 years ago was there did you see a need for it was it a was it a business idea i mean is this a is this a for-profit uh a business for you it is it okay. is for us right. we uh 16 years ago in 06 uh i've always been a bass fisherman and a, and a, a below average golfer and <laughs> whatever uh and uh my son and i took a trip to alabama to fish in one of these, this type of tournament, one fish tournament. And on the back, way back from Alabama, we started talking and said, nobody's doing this in Missouri. Let's try it. And be a long story short, I hocked my house and I lost a hundred thousand dollars in three years. And, and after that, it started making money. So here we are. <laughs> a, d- a dream, really a dream uh, come true, huh? You had your, your passion paid off. It absolutely was. It was a, uh, uh, it's beyond our belief right now that it would get this big. And, uh, you know, there's possibilities of it, of it even going a lot bigger. We just need to talk to the right people. Absolutely. And we've got uh, those, those people listening. Randy Terrell is the founder of uh, the event, the 16th annual Big Bass Bash tournament going on Lake of the Ozarks, October 1st and 2nd. If you're hearing this and you're going, I got that weekend off, well, you might want to get signed up. You can go to Midwest. 
fishtournaments.com, uh, bigbassbashaswell.com. That's bigbassbash.com. And uh, I, I've got to imagine that, you know, I've got friends that put on golf tournaments, things like that. Uh, I'm guessing you're probably not fishing at this tournament. You're working. I am not. I have to work for it's a it's a long three days that I put in down there. So uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I work hard at it, and so does my son and daughter. That's well, great. It's great, and I know a lot of people that are passionate uh, about fishing. I I don't do it as often as I used to. I'd love to do something like that, but uh, that's amazing. Thirty four hundred people spread out. I mean, it's a huge lake, um, and I, I I hope people get involved. I mean that that's uh, that's impressive i'll just say yeah when's the last time you went bass fishing there uh uh randy oh i go down there quite often on my own and i fish fish some other small tournaments i don't get into big ones uh i'm not good enough uh and uh i do a lot more fishing i do catching but i enjoy it just like (laughs) playing golf you know just like playing golf i i do a lot more duffing than i do golfing but i enjoy it in fact we played in the lions club tournament yesterday so. Well, fantastic. Uh, good luck to you. October 1st and 2nd is the at the Lake of the Ozarks, the 16th annual Big Bass Bash Tournament. And what an honor it is, Randy Terrell, to uh, talk to you. Thank you so much, and good luck. We, uh, we pray for good weather for you, sir. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for giving me a chance to put this on the air. Absolutely. We'll talk to you on the 17th annual. How about that idea? We'll just make it a plan. There you go. We'll do it. All right. My my best to Ken Bartels as well. A uh, really good friend of this show. He uh, he was on last weekend. And uh, the Concord Lions, man, they, the Concord Village Lions, they do a lot of great work. And uh, it's all done when, you know, something like this is going on. So uh, thank you again to Randy Terrell. Again, the information about this tournament, if you want to head to the Lake of the Ozarks, go to bigbassbash.com. And uh, so for uh, Mark Cox, otherwise known as Big Fish. Big Fish over here. Thank you. Uh, we uh, we uh, thank you very much for listening to the show, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. And that's pretty big news. You could win 100. And, uh, and I liked how he diced it out. He said, yeah. what's the most you could win? 100000 $1,500 because they're giving away those incremental prizes, uh-huh. too. I think that's pretty sharp. That, that, he it, knows. Even, even maybe even a mediocre fisherman like the Big Fish could win something. I just Absolutely. need a boat. Now I need a boat. Now I got to go talk to the wife about getting a boat, honey. I could win a hundred thousand dollars if I just had a boat. Let's let's you role think play. That logic could work. I think that's a wonderful idea, <laughs> Big Fish. Clearly not oh my wife on the other end. Of the <laughs> she doesn't call sure. you that, does she? <laughs> no, 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 no. But few few choice words, but not that one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bo Big Matthews. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. Yep, and uh, spread this around. Uh, It's a podcast, and uh, we thank you for listening on whatever radio station it is. It is Second (laughs) Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right, see you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.